Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Michael Hanflow and Michael Sidgwick here to review everything that happened on last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, NXT, AEW oh. Dynamite, AEW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete well, the bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw, and Papa H has done it again. <laughs> you uh, you spent uh, every Tuesday of the last oh, five years we've maybe worked together at this God. point, five, six years, like every Tuesday, plenty of Wednesdays, which doesn't feel right, and uh, even some Mondays off the back of a Friday coming in and being like, well, best show of the week. You never do it on Thursdays, and I admire that. I admire that grift. But... Uh, here we are on a Tuesday, and I completely agree with you. Like, I thought this was absolutely tremendous. Uh, I have been clearing my distaste for Triple H's style on Tuesday nights for what is now this new NXT that I much prefer, but I do still believe it was necessary on Raw and SmackDown in trying to reframe what WWE should be. I know there's very reasonable arguments that he's never going to be fun enough for what WWE can also be, and that remains to be seen. But the the reset that he's ushered in continues to take place in a way that I'm finding very, very favourable to my taste. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I'm invested in nearly all the characters, most of the stories. I think there's one, like, useless thing on this. And then I know for a fact I'm the low guy around this table on this podcast on one particular angle. But otherwise, I'm into nearly everything on Monday Night Raw. And I never imagined that I'd be saying no. that ever again. I just can't get away from the fact that this show is three hours long. Yes. Yeah. Virtually every match is at least three minutes longer than it would be if this was a two-hour show. For me, to its detriment, I might not complain as much if these crowds were white-hot, loving it, but they're not. Mm. So, look, there's some very, very, very good stuff on here. I'm just not personally deeply in my feelings about so much of it, but I will never say it's not very, very good because mm. some of the action here was indeed very, very good. I'm just not that into it. No, I think it's a fair point to make that, Sige, because I, I, I really enjoyed this show, but if you gave me the option to have this show squashed down to two hours, I'd snatch your hand off yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Like, the matches were great on this show. I think a lot of the stuff they did, the returns, obviously, they're the ones that are going to grab all the headlines, but it was just... 
Yeah, it was just, it flew by. It was a pleasure to watch. But at the same time, it's still three hours. Three bloody hours. There's one match I can't imagine on. living in America and sitting down, for example, and watching I'd much this. prefer that than having to cram it in in the morning. Because I really don't want, <laughs> like watching things on double speed. Sometimes I have to, for the matches where I know I'm not going to get that much out of it, I'll go to the YouTube clip for that. Um, but that made it pretty hard on this episode. So I had to get up a bit earlier because I knew all of these were going 20 minutes. <laughs> There's one match that really took me by surprise by how much I thought it was great, but we'll, we will get to that. Well, let's dive straight into it then. Uh, the show opens with Bianca Belair coming out uh, flanked by Asuka and Alexa Bliss. Um, and Bianca Belair, ahead of her match with, with EO, cuts a promo talking about wanting to defend a title against Bailey right now, but she knew that that wouldn't happen. Bailey, you know, only does this when the, the time's right, when she you knows she can have the advantage. She wouldn't come alone. She wouldn't come one-on-one. Uh, but she says, good luck to you at Extreme Rules, Bailey, because Asuka and Alexa, uh, they're going to make sure I get you just to myself. This brings out damage, Kataral. Bailey's there, EO, Dakota. Um, say, says, look, uh, this, is, this is bigger than all of this. Uh, you've been groomed for this position, Bianca. She says, you've been handpicked. You've been trained. But, but us... We groomed ourselves. We trained ourselves. I wanted to do this, said Bailey, since I was 12. Um, I said I was going to take over. That's exactly what we're, we are doing here. Uh, yes, uh, you have been thriving. You've accomplished a lot. But you were picked. You were placed. You were chosen. And Bianca Belair just shoots it down by going, girl, uh-uh. And Belair says, look, I've, I've had nothing handed to me. I've been working every single day, working hard every day I've been here. Uh, why did it take you so long to get back from rehab? That's what I've been doing whilst you've been rehabbing. And Bailey says, well, I couldn't walk 10 months ago, but I still managed to pin you at Clash of the Castle, which is a decent comeback. Um, but Belair did remind Bailey, you were around when I was main event in WrestleMania. And that made me a little bit sad because I remembered what Bailey was forced to do on that bloody WrestleMania. Um, Took Bailey this long to challenge her because she didn't want to do it alone. She needs her cronies with her, basically. Uh, and Bailey suddenly goes, "All right, well, I don't want to talk about the past. Actually, uh, let's talk about Extreme Rules. I want to face you in a ladder match." <sighs> Belair accepts uh, and says, "Yo, you're out here. I'm out here. Let's get on with this sort of thing." And they. Uh, call out a referee, the bell rings, and Belair immediately drop kicks Io Shirai, uh, Io Sky even, out of the ring, and they uh, they go to break. Before we talk about the match, Hamlet, your thoughts on this opening promo? I've been, obviously, quite low on all of this, which is a shame for me personally, because I really want to like it, because I love everybody involved. Um, and this had hits and misses to it. Um, again, there's issues with, and we've seen this with other wrestlers, and we're going to see this a little while longer, because Triple H remains quite embedded in WWE's value system. He has driven it at times and still continues to. And they got a bit lost here under what they were directed to say on what makes a babyface and what makes a heel. Bianca Belair at no point should be mocking Bailey's rehab. You know, regardless of what Bailey has tried to undercut her with, Bianca Belair as a babyface shouldn't be saying, well, I was doing this. Why, you were at home recovering from an injury. Why is that a heel quality? Yeah. Like, well, Bailey can be the liar, right? Bailey can try and frame her truths as the, as the reality as a heel, but Bianca can't do that as a baby face. So there's, there's, that was a little bit mixed up. I'm kind of gutted it's a ladder match because I like the subtext of why Bailey's picked a ladder match. Bianca Belair reminding her that she was around when she was a defending champion, and when it's in a singles match, one-on-one, she cannot beat her requires Bailey to come up with a match that doesn't need a pinfall for a stipulation. When she's Bailey talking about like talking big about pinning her ignores the fact that she did it with the help of the fact that she's now part of a tightly tight unit trio 
she can't beat a one-on-one, and Bianca's got that to use against her. So Bailey says, ladder match, I don't need to pin you, you know, but that's a subtext. They didn't need to be out front as to why that was. I wish it wasn't a ladder match because I'm goddamn sick of them and never want to see them again. <laughs> and we're getting already like weeks of evidence that Triple H and Shawn Michaels will never get bored of these things. So I wish they'd found a better match where Bailey didn't need a pinner because I quite admired that that felt like that was the detail that didn't need to be said out loud. That was very much implied by the two characters having this little tete-a-tete and I just wish it wasn't that stipulation. That was what I really liked, but this was another like imperfect setup to something. I think it'll be great on the night as well. Like back to that old NXT staple, it'll be all right because it'll be better than all right on the night. It's Bailey and Bianca Belair. It'll almost definitely deliver. Um, but they got still got little bits wrong. I can't disagree with any of that. I echo much of it. But just the way in which this was all delivered, so generic, turn taken, like something so forgettable about virtually every single WWE promo Will anyone remember the verbiage from this months from now? Like, absolutely not. Um, it's still in that weirdly pattern, no one talks like this kind of rhythm. And there were no great, like, threats. There was no sense that they hate each other. It was all sort of talking down at each other. It didn't do anything to really build my investment in the story or either performer. It just didn't feel like they were consumed by all of this. It didn't feel real. Something iconic, soundbite e cool. It was just talking at each other, and some of it was nonsense. Uh, but then we got to the match. Oh, actually, before that, Solo's a car, and the Honorius show up, and he looked like a twat <laughs> uh, stepping out of a Chevy or whatever it was. Uh, and then we cut back to the match, and uh, Bianca Belair just does her thing with EO Sky. Chevy here. Suburban. Uh, she uh, blocks a head scissors with a backbreaker gets a two count but Sky hits those slingshot knees in the corners to get herself a near fall Um, Belair sends her into the corner again Uh, delayed vertical suplex which always looks amazing for a two count Sky kicks her down again though and steps on her hair Uh, But Belair gets back up and they exchange missed moonsaults. Uh, Belair catches Sky off a high cross attempts and hits a fall away slam for a two count. Sky responds with an arm drag off the middle rope and a double knee strike in the corner, which looked nice as well. Uh, And then Belair shoves Sky off the top to the outside. Bailey and Dakota Kai are there to break her fall. So Belair just wipes out them with a dive and then hits Sky with a KOD. One, two, three. A clean finish. I loved this, and I was kind of, we were previewing it yesterday, and you want to be excited about a match that should deliver on paper, but partly because it's WWE, I guess, but also partly because I've been a little bit critical of what I think is sometimes a bit of a waste of Bianca Belair's quite special talents as a weekly TV wrestler. I would protect her like The Undertaker, albeit for completely different reasons than why you protected The Undertaker. This was a great way to use her. Um, Eel Sky, too, I don't think yet has kind of had that good snap that we were used to when she was like at her absolute peak in NXT, and she found it here. This was a nice confluence of the best of Bianca Belair. They came up with like really cool ways to exhibit why she is the EST, which is always how you book a Bianca Belair match. She has to do something either as a counter or as a surprise, and in this case, it was the moonsault and the dive to damage Kataro as a reminder of, well, she's got a million X factors that you could never possibly study for. That's what makes Bianca Belair special. Meanwhile, Io Shirai or Io Sky should be providing that kind of shock factor. She's got pace and she's got impact. And these things I hadn't, even in the match that I really liked at Clash at the Castle, I wasn't seeing it from her and I got it tonight. And maybe there's an element.
element of a bit of rust, which is fine because if that's getting shaken off, it bodes very well for their like tag title defences as well. So in that sense, although this might sound stupid considering the quality of the wrestlers, I actually found this to be an over-delivery. Mm. Uh, like a really tremendous bit of business. And um, like this did feel like a night of finish watch based on the quality of the matches in preview and kind of what we were talking about with Dynamite last week. So and were, Raw last and, week. And Raw last week, yeah. yeah. They were kind of one, they were, <laughs> they were sort of one for one in terms of the finish they delivered as well. So like end-to-end, love this. I promise I'm going to be high on something later. <laughs> I am going to be high on something later, I promise. I didn't honestly think this was particularly good. I think that they got lost a couple of times. and every, not, not every single match is perfect, but there were two glaring bits where they had to like stare each other in the face as if to say, what are we doing next? Like Even like the really cool dive to the outside, she had to say, like, get in position, I'm going <laughs> to do this thing, and that just took me out of it. Um, but even without those moments that broke my immersion... I still think these two could have a better match nine times out of ten. I don't know what it was. I think maybe Bianca took loads of it very early. It was just a little bit, not plodding, but it just didn't click for me is the match graphic writ large Mm. in the middle of the ring. Um, There was some cool stuff in it. Of course, there was. I'm not by any means saying it was a bad match. It just didn't really feel like... If you put that in a match graphic, there's a certain expectation yeah, of quality. I don't think they quite reached it. I will say to that, I, th- I maintain what I said yesterday, I still think Triple H is getting a bit of a pass when it comes to this women's division because of how much she's like reloading the roster full of talent that desperately needed. The booking is not that great. Like They're not in a hot angle. This stable war at present isn't hot, and they could have done with that, I think, to help bolster this match as well in terms of yeah. how much you may be going to be interested if the moves aren't doing it for you. Uh, Ray Mysterio is interviewed backstage. Uh, who's he chatting to? Hang on a second. Sorry, guys. Just these podcasts are long enough. <laughs> Come on, Patrick. Um, <laughs> Ray tells him he'd never fight your son, uh, but he didn't recognise Dominic last week. Uh, wonder what happened to the son that he raised, uh, and it's bloody Rhea Ripley. That's it's her fault. Um, but he maintained his focus. He's facing Seth Rollins, uh, and uh, he's not going to be distracted. He had mercy for his son, but he wasn't going to show any mercy to Seth Rollins. I like this from Ray. Yeah, uh, it's it's still funny to me that we are, and you only brought it up at the very end of the preview that like these are the two men that tried to stab each other's eyes out on corners of steel steps. Like that that the way that hung over all of this and how they try to like almost downplay the severity but still keep it as part of their feud. Quite nice. Mm. Yeah, Ray's a cornball who has to deliver this like incredibly like, sort of lofty material, but he's, he's Ray. He can pull it off. Yeah. Um, speaking of pulling stuff off, The Miz is there with his new security force. That's right, The Miz Force. Uh, unsurprisingly, I love this. Uh, <laughs> he gets them to, ch- to chant The Miz Force. I did also like the bit where he says, I didn't want handsome jack security guys for The Miz Force. And I was thinking, it's a good bloody job. Look at the state of them. <laughs> uh, and he said, I want, I want normal guys who can uh, keep an eye out for, for he who shall not be named. And I don't want to pat myself on the back, but he's, he's there. And they're what are they, the Oilers. Is that right? I yeah, think. Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. yeah. And they had all the, the, the trophies and pictures and all that in the glass case. And then there's a giant Oilers uh, outfit there. And I thought... Dex Luce is going to be in that. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens later on. But uh, yeah, big fan of the Miz Force. Stupid. It's stupid. I hate it now. I always liked it on a perverse level. I loathe it earnestly now. Yeah, this is probably my least favorite thing in WWE at the moment. See, Dex Luce is not wrestling. It gets ticked from me. 
I'm still weirdly guilty pleasure of mine, this. Uh, then it was time for Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio. But first, of course, oh, oh, let's have some chatting from Seth Rollins, talking some bollocks. He says he should be US champion. The only reason was uh, because of Matt Riddle. No, Bobby Lashley's a <laughs> killer. Uh, he talked about the fight pit, uh, and there's a dueling chance, which just shows how over these two are, of bro and the, the oh, oh, stuff from, from Rollins. Um <laughs> He said, everyone's talking about how this match is perfect for Matt Riddle, but I'm Seth freaking Rollins. doesn't matter what kind of match we're having. I've been in every type of match, and I've won them all. Uh, and he says, uh, Riddle doesn't have the Einstein-level acumen for the fight game. Uh, and when the match is over, everyone's going to be singing his song and calling him the king of the fight pits. Um, and he says, I hope you're watching right now, Riddle. I'm going to give the father of the year, Rey Mysterio, the beating that he's too much of a coward to give his son. That was a nice line. Uh, and then we got Seth Rollins versus Rey Mysterio, uh, which just copy-pasted the uh, EO and uh, Belair opening with uh, Mysterio drop-kicking her out of the ring, uh, drop-kicking Rollins out of the ring when we get a break. When we come back, uh, Rollins is busted wide open. Uh, he got, I think, sent headfirst into the steel steps and... Uh, it could be worse, could be all right. Um, <laughs> Rollins is in control regardless of this, uh, during which point, Derek Dominic Mysterio comes out. <laughs> Rollins is like, oh, bollocks, we've got a bit of history here. And Rollins uh, and uh, Dominic's like, hey, hang on, I'll tell you exactly what um, Dominic Mysterio is like now to Seth Rollins. Hey, 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 you all right. <laughs> Did you see him as well do like teenage shrop when Seth turned around? It's like... Facing him. Hey, you all right? And turns around. Joke thoughts. He's <laughs> <laughs> like trying to stare dark thoughts into the back of Seth's head. And never forget. Uh, a QR code flashed up on the screen during this. You want to expand on this? Have it a look? sure did. It flashed up. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a fiend Reddit loser. Apparently, um, it flashed up, and then there was also one on the announce table, um, which I assume was for the key demo that had to take the videos out of the video recorder that were taping raw and rewind it to get it. So it was nice for them that there was just one there <laughs> for the, all night. So this, I'm like so impressed by how much work they've gone to with this. So this particular QR code, let me get the order of this right, takes you to a TikTok video uh, where there's a bunch of wrestlers featuring, a bunch of meshes in within those wrestlers. Coming soon to whatculture.com, that will be fully dissected by yours truly, frame by frame. Or living. Um, and then there's a number on it. It's a zip code. And that zip code takes you to um, Corbin, Kentucky. And White Rabbit Records in Corbin, Kentucky. White Rabbit Records' YouTube channel was taken over by another number. Uh, some other zip code. you know. And uh, you watch the video and there's some sort of like clattering of coins or keys or something like that. So it's because it's your card. I know it's not. Um, <laughs> you type in the zip code from that video and it takes you to Wyndham in Maine. And it's like, ah... Oh, Oh. oh my god. Don't oh my god, the fiend, you c Oh my god. Oh my god for the fiend. Right, no. It's the fiend. It's I feel like this is a every podcast qualifier at this point. Never gonna be for me. I am so impressed with how nice they're making this for the losers mm. that love it. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm so <laughs> We're all like, losers who like something. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this is not they like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Do you know what these are? Guys with Death Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Here's how I can give with one hand and take away with the other. These are better than every Bray Wyatt promo ever. Because Because <laughs> he's not talking. They, have a, they make sense. They have a destination and a purpose. It is Bray Wyatt, and here's all these clues that it's Bray Wyatt, and that plenty of them actually make sense. Again, unlike anything he ever said as a character. <laughs> so, like, that's why I admire this. We've said this before when we did a roundtable on it, didn't we? Like, 
if you know, well, what's Triple H's Bray Wyatt going to look like? Well, if nothing else, like a lot of his things, it's going to be logical. Like, and that is what Bray Wyatt needed from the very beginning. Just a few fucking rules. Calm down, Bray. Just a gimmick. Vince was never going to be the one to set rule bust long-term <laughs> rules to which <laughs> you must adhere. He was going to put a toolbox on the Fiend's face. Stop the damn man. Like, and that's what I really like. And uh, every week there's something and it's going to carry it to SmackDown now. And SmackDown is not going to do what last week's did for what people assumed was the debut of The Fiend. But Extreme Rules probably will. Um, and that will presumably drive people to Raw, SmackDown, or wherever. Season premiere? Wherever Bray is going to live. That's what that means, but yeah. Yeah. Never ends. No, no, no such thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, for the for the fourth season. Uh, fourth season, they got the feet. So I, I like this. I like this You stuff. cast the characters uh, joining this fall. The Fiend. <laughs> I like, uh, by the way, as well, QR codes flashing up in like on the screen or on the announce table are much more preferable to hit row throwing raw reunion parties backstage on SmackDown yeah, for Ted DiBiase to have punch with Aksana because that was crap. Like, yeah, that's where all much, the QR much better codes, this. Yeah. Anyway, back to the match. Uh, Rollins goes for the three amigos because, of course, he does, but Ray counters that last one into a DDT. Counters a buckle bomb as well by sending Rollins into the turnbuckles with Hurricane Rana. Uh, also hit a seated sent on a springboard crossbody to get a near fall, but Rollins comes back. Falcon arrow for two. Uh, Ray hit that slide. It always looks like uh, it, I don't think I'd like to do that. I mean, I wouldn't like to do many moves as a wrestler, to be honest, but that one where Ray slides along the ring and then falls <laughs> to the outside. I don't know. It looks like you get a lot of like, carpet burn on your chest. There's got to be a l- uh, less painful way of hurting someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know I was Just kick him he, in the head or something. I was thinking of when he hits that. It's like, imagine if there's a timeline where Solomon Crow actually made it to the main roster and then did his finisher. <laughs> uh-huh. He just like bounced himself off the ropes. <laughs> like that is like, well, Ray does it sliding through the entire ring to the floor, Solomon. Up your game. Uh, he hits another splash in the ring to get another near fall, does Ray. Uh, there's a Dom is useless chance. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's great. That. Uh, Mysterio avoids a power bomb and uh, brings Rollins down from the top rope with a Hurricane Rana. Uh, and then Dom does his thing. Ray's on the outside and he's like, Come on, Dad. Hit me. Hit me with a chair. He's like, I can't do it, son. And Rollins takes the referee and in comes Mammy. Oh, my God. And jumps Ray <laughs> into the post. Dom chucks Ray back in the ring, curb stomp, and you think one, two, three, but a Peruvian necktie for the, it wasn't a submission victory, the ref just called it at that point. Oh my God, I love the finish of this so much. I really like the match, by the way. Like, of course, Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio, as we talked about, in great form this year. We're going to have superb chemistry. They were going to do cute callbacks to the stupidest storyline ever, but ultimately it was going to be about having a like just a great wrestling match, a really earthy TV match. What a fantastic finish! I'm banging at Dominic's every week. Uh, hit me, Daddy! Pulls such a great face. This heat is going to carry a punchable face. Yeah, this heat yeah, is going to carry. Literally, the only attribute <laughs> of character to it. I'd like to punch that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is it about you? But I'd like to punch it. We said it last week. This heat is going to carry. Like that is clear. So he's got that now. Um, the construction of the finish, which Triple H is quite good at, actually, was superb. Like. Ray, uh, Dominic moving out of the way for Rhea to shove Ray violently. Like, Rhea be like, if Sola Sokoa is the enforcer of the bloodline, Rhea is the enforcer of the Judgment Day. Like, she's awesome at this. So, like, superb physicality with Rhea and Ray for Seth to go into the curb stomp and then obviously set up the fight pit finish with, like, you know, nicking from one of his Shield brothers, like, doing what John Moxley would do and thinking of another way to beat a guy when you're going to be entering his domain and trying to play down the severity of the domain by saying, I've got this too. Loved so well thought through from end to end. Loved it. I can submit a semi conscious. Well, that's it. Too. And like, what a cool, like, Seth Rollins move that is. Well, I'd have tapped him. 
even if he was fresh, I'd have tapped him. He was knocked out and dead, mate. Like, uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. This is really good heel work from Rollins, and I think, like, as an individual performance. Like, nothing to take away from Ray, but Seth Rollins is so great at being, like, blindsided when he gets attacked and caught unawares. He's so good at, like, the actual mechanics physically of, like, bumping and feeding, and he just made Rey Mysterio look even younger than he himself has been working at this year. There's just something about Seth's, like, agility and athleticism and timing and just the complete control he has over his body, the illusion of having no control over it as well. Like, I've been down on Rollins. I think that he's had so many meh matches post-Shield but my God, this year, the man simply does not miss. He's been unbelievable. Triple H could, could actually make him a decent babyface because we always say this and go, yeah, but at one point he's going to turn babyface and we all know what happens. It's like you then. get to the line with him and he too nervous to cross it again because it's always where it goes wrong, isn't it? Yeah, he's got this really dorky demeanor where when he tries to be like, when he tries to embody certain babyface attributes like being a badass or being like vengeful or being earnest, it's always very acting and cringe. If he can retain an element of his heel side and just be a bit of a prat that you still love and you've grown to respect over the years. So it's not a sharp pivot into really something unconvincing, then, yep, absolutely. Because he's got the crowd with him. Yeah. His babyface offense has always been stellar. So. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, and backstage, we have uh, Riddle, Matt Riddle, watching this, uh, and he's approached by 
US champion Bobby Lashley, who seems to look about 10 foot taller <laughs> in, in recent months now. Uh, and he says, uh, you know, good luck for the fight pit. You know, you and I know what it's like to fight in a cage. It's tap out or knock out. Don't let Seth get out of this one. Uh, but also, never interfere in my fucking match again. <laughs> Riddle's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I won't. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. But yeah, fist bump. Uh, I love this Bobby Lashley, this version of him. It's it's so good. Establish that the wrestlers care about all of this and your audience will care about it too. It feels real to them. It feels real to us. This is the simplest message in it for years. It is incredible how many like of the simplest messages Vince McMahon ignored considering that this was what made him all of his money. Like a tremendous... He lost like, his mind. Yeah, yeah. That might not like, yeah. A tremendous 30-second use of Bobby Lashley without having to have him go out there and wrestle like in a competitive 20-minute match. Like this sort of stuff, like these details, uh, like going to help so much long-term for just such a tiny bit of investment. Just a, and the, the, a glimpse of the interior life of a character yeah, yeah. is just fundamentally important. And he didn't look any less of a baby face by threatening another baby face. He was just like, don't, don't do that. Whatever you say, deal. You're near, like, who was it? Was it the Miz? Where it was a bit like, uh, oh, if like, like the Miz had like was caught short by interference or Dexter Loomis running or something. Yeah, like, he would have had Bobby that, Lashley yeah. beaten. It's like, wow, careful there. This is who Bobby Lashley is. Hmm. Uh, what are they called Panda Express or something? Yeah, they never teamed together, but it was they both love zoos and pandas, so they'd done podcasts and all that kind of thing. And it was like was this? Gargano and Owens. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, it was, I think even Byron made a, or like Corey made a joke, go back to Reseda, Byron or something like that on commentary because it was so PWG and they never even worked together as a team. Uh, so it might be something that WWE can just claim now. As their own. I like that being said by someone who wasn't really considered good enough to go to PWG. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Corey can't get in the building. He's not even above it. Like Bobby Heenan on the first he's not even He's below it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Owens and Gargano are walking to the ring and one of Miss Force has been uh, sadly laid out backstage. More of them to come. Uh, but before Owens and Gargano come out, Chad Gable has come out waving big old American <laughs> flags. I got the uh, appropriate reaction in Canada for this. I didn't call them trying to like reheat the American Canada yeah, 97 yeah. war for one night, but what a tr- t- tremendous bit of business this was. I just love that. It's carry on luggage. What you got there? Giant American flag. It's going to go down well. Nope. Uh, and I did like the the creativity of a fan making a KO fight my sign sign that Kevin Owens did oblige with. Uh, which You see how the camera cut away to do like an, a wide shot of the arena, which would be very traditional. The entrance music is playing, the wrestlers are getting in the ring. And then Kevin Owens improvised something with a fan to make the time nicer. And somebody backstage was like, film that because it's a good character trait. Like WWE is becoming manned by human beings. Yeah. Again. It's, it's so strange. It's, yeah, I'd love it if they'd have done that. You know, the gimmick where like you see someone filming a cameraman filming a fight scene and the cameraman's like bobbing and zooming yeah. just that with a fight scene <laughs> like with a sign whoa really getting into this uh, so yeah then it was Owens and Gargano versus Alpha Academy um, Kevin Owens is quite over I think it's fair to say in Canada he got the hot tag at one point and the crowd especially when he put Gable in a sharpshooter uh, but Otis comes in to break it all up uh, Gable kicks out of a swanton bomb by Owens uh, and comes, it just, stop it, Chad Gable. Every bloody week, just just putting on an absolute clinic. German suplex, um, Gargano comes in, um, but uh, Otis and Gable give him an elevated bulldog. Otis clears the announce table, but Owen super kicks him and then elbow drops off the barricade to put him through it to get a holy sh- chance. 
Uh, Austin Theory does make an appearance. Gargano gets distracted as Theory grabs his leg. That allows Gable to hit a cliffhanger DDT for a great near fall that I thought might have been the finish for a split second. Uh, and then Theory tries to clobber Gargano with the briefcase on the outside, but Gargano ducks, super kicks him, and as Gable tries to catch Gargano coming back in, he hits him with the one final beat, and Gargano gets the one, two, three. Tremendous. Compact did not go any longer than it needed to do. I think it was Hamlet yesterday who suggested that they might take the piss here and go the 20 minutes, given that Alpha Academy got bitched by Strowman. But no, I think they found the actual perfect yep. balance here. Um, still not in favor whatsoever of the Strowman destroys tag teams thing. What an absolutely stupid move that is politically and on a recruitment level from Triple H as well. He obviously wants FTR at some point. Why wouldn't you, even if he didn't have this sort of connection with them in NXT? Um, maybe they're the worst example because they've got a horrendous relationship with both Raw Dog and Triple H, who are now <laughs> in the company. But regardless, you want to recruit prospective great tag teams or legendary tag teams, of which FTR are now. That's a stupid idea. Don't keep doing it. Keep treating tag team wrestling with as much of a loving brisk quality anime event concern as Triple H has been doing because this will get tag teams to think Triple, uh, Triple H's WWE is an actual viable destination. Mm -hmm. um, this was all action, never got bored once. Some of the individual sprinkles of pro wrestling were just a joy to watch. I didn't feel like anything was getting necessarily, unnecessarily elongated for the sinister purpose that is padding out a three-hour show, which is all too obvious. On so many episodes of Raw, I did not get that feeling once. I just enjoyed watching some bloody good wrestling. Yeah, what a nice goddamn match this was. Just so good. The arch with which Owens has mastered the ability to take those suplexes, half getting folded in oh, half, it's terrifying, half protecting it? himself. He's clearly, we've said this about Owens before. There's some dark art stuff that he you want to hope he's figured out. Otherwise, he's just killing himself. But like knowing, I guess, maybe what Gable and um, Otis are having to do with the brawn angle, plus in order to put the action over, the way he was taking those suplexes, like just heart-in-mouth stuff. Um, and a, a kind of moment for pause, because this was all action without feeling like ever degenerated into a needless spot fest. They felt like they were going at it. it constantly felt competitive. Another pretty great finish. Nonetheless folded in, you know, because this is the thing, like, it's going to be, I'm sensing it's going to become discourse. Finished stuff is going to become discourse. Pending this potential idea of Tony Khan getting the rest tightened up and stuff, it's going to become more prevalent in the conversation. Nobody's saying you can't have other wrestlers involved. It drives storylines, it drives angles, and wrestling's not real, and that's okay. But it's how you incorporate mm. them, and for years, distraction roll-ups were a nightmare. As bad as authority figures and things that you never wanted to see on AEW. And then AEW brings in interference to such an extent of like, Sometimes I don't think I'd rather have a DQ than how fake that felt. And it's just, there's there's always compromises to be made. And I just think there was a series of them that were just about all Bob on here. And this was another example of it. And for all, I'm completely with Sidgwick on this Strowman, Gable and Otis thing. I absolutely adored the later bit with Strowman and Gable. Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Yeah, we'll get into that in just a second. Before that, AJ Styles is uh, getting chatted to in the back. And uh, in comes Finn Balor and says, hey offer you an olive branch sort of thing. Uh, and he says, look, end of the day, he's going to have a partner in his corner. How about you have me and yours? And Star says, I can watch my own back. And there's another member of the Force laid out in the background. And then, yes, we get the meeting between Gable, Otis, and Theory. Um, Gable says, oh, the other reason why we lost that is because we had to deal with bloody Braun Strowman on SmackDown. We're just still recovering from all that. And suddenly, Theory gets a phone call. He answers it. And the calls for, for Gable 
It's on speakerphone. It's Braun Strowman, and he says, I'm coming to Raw next week. I'm coming to the Raw in your hometown, St. Paul, Minnesota. I want to face you there so I don't have to fly your body home for the funeral afterwards. <laughs> Chad Gable, somehow, in the midst of all this, still managed to be <laughs> the star of it by going, Shoes, please. Right. Theory says, I'll, I'll face Gargano and put an end to him. Otis is all happy about all this. He's clueless. <laughs> and Gay was just clinging onto the little tower around his neck going, I've got, I've got six, six and a half days to live, basically. That threat is so funny in character in the character of Braun Strowman. So certainly he is that he is going to murder Gable is more thinking about the admin of it than actually murdering him. That's brilliant. Like, they could do nothing or something with this, and it's, it's already delivered for me. But, again, thought, care, attention. Braun Strowman... Like, he's the first wrestler in WWE history to watch WWE. Never been known before. Wrestlers can talk backstage and apparently plot in secret in front of a massive camera, lighting, and a boom mic. Commit crimes in yeah. front of it as well. <laughs> yep. And Braun has actually watched. So, A, brilliant. Like, if they're, like, they're going to break their own rules, which is a shame. But, like, oh, my God, they've actually established a rule at this universe. Number two, Braun is this idiot monster, but thinks enough about the situation. He is an idiot. He is an idiot, right? A, sh- a shoot I've idiot. I've seen his social media. A, a shoot idiot, but a kayfabe genius. Because he thinks, right, how can I get in touch with Gable right now? Austin Theory is always on his phone, always taking selfies. I won't ring Gable. He's probably got his phone in his locker. I'll ring Austin Theory, and I'll make him suffer the threat through having to hand the phone over. I, like, I can't praise that level of thought for a nothing silly segment to build yeah. up a nothing silly match more. And it's in Gable's hometown, so they're even thinking geographically, and they're plotting week. That, like, he's looking at his whiteboard, and then he's looking at the towns, and you've had Kevin Owens and Gable in Canada. That's become a thing. Owens is getting these monster pops, which, like, they haven't needed to manufacture, but they do anyway, because why would you not maximise that? And now Gable's having, like, they've thought enough to, like, plot this out to the point where Gable's going to be doing this in his hometown for the stupid like funeral home joke or wherever this lands, a hospital or something. Like amazing. And I don't mean that in like, this is not like amazing pro wrestling television. It's just amazing they're doing it. Yes. I uh, don't like the Braun Strowman character or the person behind the character, (laughs) but this is tremendously fun. And it had me actually thinking again about a show that ordinarily I would just go, all right, okay, that's done. AEW's coming up on Wednesday (laughs) or things to that effect. They aren't going to completely murk him in his hometown. So you might get a few cool hope spots, or he's going to get murked so badly <laughs> that they are presenting Chad Gable with his tour de force comedy performance. Yeah. Like they could do something to the effect of um, WWE's version of Homer Simpson getting airlift, airlifted <laughs> out of the canyon, yeah. his head bonking against each rock, driving into a tree, and then going straight back down. They could subvert the. Horrible things happen to baby faces in their hometown because Vince McMahon is an arsehole and make it actually funny and give a, a platform for that kind of character to do something unforgettable in his hometown, which might be more unforgettable than winning a nice mid-card match. So I did enjoy this. And I enjoy the thought of what they're actually going to do. I think it's a it's a very good hook for those who know and for those who don't. Your big stupid idiot moron monster has some fun and he's a ratings draw somehow, even though there's a yeah. control your narrative three months ago. You know, there's been like video packages for like 
Champa wants to be like Harley Race and his history of the Intercontinental title, all the various things that like he's done, like the, the Usos one on SmackDown at the weekend. Like next week on Raw, they could do a Braun one of him like tipping cars and throwing grappling hooks and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. this is what Braun does to human beings. He's like, like this is what he does to machines. Imagine what he does to people. Like they could have actually got all yeah. that archive footage to use about him and why why specifically Gable is exactly as as Braun says he is. Yeah, exactly. I, I so there's, there's lots of scope for fantasy booking this, but I do like the idea of the match being over, Gable being rolled out like, ah, uh, uh, put in an ambulance and then brought to the ambulance. <laughs> and have you ever seen that clip where the, the woman gets airlifted out, but for some reason the cord twists and she just starts getting sucked <laughs> yeah. down really quickly. I like the idea of Braun just seeing him getting airlifted out and pushing the thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what needs to happen. I'm so excited for this next week. Uh, and then we got almost in a skip. skip. It's just yeah. a waste of time. It's at a this squash point. match. Yeah. It's skip means skip. Enough of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Nathan Payne. If you want to suggest something short, crap, and wrestling-related for us to review instead of something on Monday Night Raw, you can do so by subscribing to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review on there. Or, as Nathan did, leave us a five-star review on Spotify uh, and email me your review with your suggestion, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Com. Uh, Nathan Payne writes, uh, Hi, mate. The U- YouTube algorithm has chucked up an absolute gem that I immediately knew I had to share with you all. Real quick, though, I just wanted to say a quick thanks to the three of you. I've been around since the What Culture Extra days. Oh, wow. Day one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for those unaware, we initially did the Raw Review and the SmackDown synopsis uh, on the... <laughs> we had a cheat to put this behind a paywall. Yeah. <laughs> It was the best thing that they paid for, for that, to be honest. Yeah, it was on like the the whatever the Patreon was of What Culture back in the day, What yeah. Culture Extra. Uh, and uh, Nathan continues, the content has always been class. The interactions I've had with you all in that time have also been quality, especially chatting football with Hamflet on Twitter. Why you'd pick him out of the three of us when talking about football, I've no idea. Probably a dirty Mac and bastard. <laughs> Is he? Mac and bastard. Is he a Mac and bastard? I don't think so, no. But we've had I'd talk to you then, you don't even like it. Until you now to get promoted, we have, yeah. and then he's suddenly back in the game. We have, uh, like, I have nice interactions with like Stoke fans and Leicester. I've got off of football, and, and I'm going to do a big rant about it on YouTube. Don't talk to Newcastle and then, fans. And then, and then, guess what? Then guess what? Oh, and now going to get promoted. We've got a good manager. Oh, I think I'll uh, get on, get in on this glory. How is Alex I'll, O'Neill doing? Alex O'Neill at Stoke. Oh yeah, terribly. I think I, uh, I don't engage with Newcastle fans because it always ends up like this. I like Cedric, and then he does this, and I was like, oh, God, it's exhausting again. I don't want derbies to come back ever, because it's... It's like football all the time. We have had a derby in the office. some conviction, and then we'll have a problem. We have, uh, we've not had a derby, no, I'm dreading it. Uh, awful. Yeah? Oh, we haven't been out. We've been out the Premier League on five years. competition or anything like that. I think we must have been relegated maybe just, like, right around the time you we started working together. and pass each other as well. Like, no, nah, we... Like, that was happening for a bit, but then we just went down and have never... We just sunk like a brick. Yeah, and if you wanted to be a glory supporter, you'd support someone who's top of the league, like Chesterfield. Uh, anyway, here's the gem of video. Don't ask what league it is. Anyway, here's the gem of a video that will allow you to do your best New Yorker impression whilst allowing Hamlet and Sige to remind us all that Triple H is a bit of a knob. Uh, it is Ashton Kutcher punks Triple H. Keep smashing it, lads, Nathan. Nathan, thank you so much for this and for the support over the years. Um, give us the backstory, uh, <laughs> to Triple H and 
and punked. So Triple H's hair and t-shirt and beard puts this at 2004. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even check. I'm just guessing. Like, it was, <laughs> like, sort of tail end of the reign of terror. Um, but, yeah, and, and so does his attitude. And his physique. You got to witness what... Remember he, this, by the way, for, for the comment section later. You got to witness what he would look like dealing with a writer that he couldn't be arsed with backstage at a role, which was quite funny. Um, Am and I f***ing going over? <laughs> and... Uh, this is hugely enjoyable, unlike a lot of the stuff we cover in the five-star review review. So I just want to take a moment to say that after this finishes and you get Aston Kutcher being like, and next season I'm punked, and it's like, oh yeah, this is when Kutcher died. Like, because you really watch, like the like this was the tail end of New Metal or whatever, and you really watch how, like, yeah, like at some point everybody will just tolerate absolute swill for their content and their entertainment needs. And like, you, like you saw that when Ashton Kutcher was doing his piece to camera having just enjoyed like three or four minutes of the nonsense. So I'm I'm really mixed on like what I think of this ultimately. Mm. But Keeper had a nice time. That's the main thing. That is the main thing. Must have just been like nice for anybody on that roster to just for five minutes to get a permitted win at Triple H's expense. Can you imagine that locker room? Nobody can crack a single joke in front of him. Nobody's ever allowed to like be the winner of a conversation with him or anything like that. And then just just for once She's like, oh, well, I'm doing Dancing with the Stars now, so I've got friends in, like, actual entertainment. So we've, I've just, like, leapfrogged you in terms yeah. of the entertainment hierarchy, <laughs> so I can do this now. I'm in Blade Trinity. Well, it's, it's still better than you. <laughs> um, also, is this one of the rare occasions where Steph's in on the joke and doesn't ruin it? Yeah. <laughs> rare. That's a collector's item, that is. Remember Undercover Boss? Where she like oh, put on, like the God. tiniest bit of makeup. Yeah. Who's this coming to <laughs> WWE? It's uh, Persephone McMinn. Right there. What? <laughs> I want to give you a raise. Oh, it isn't Stephanie then. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> I'll emasculate you. Wait a second. Absolute bollocks that was, man. Yeah, was She was in the makeup chair for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a Vince one once, do you remember? Yeah. Put, like a fat suit or something. Where's Vince McMahon's office? I don't know, it's yours. <laughs> you to work, you stupid old prick. Like that. Uh, so, um, yes, uh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon walk it. Uh, they're in this, like, big... <laughs> complex thing aren't they and they've gone into this room they think they're there for a photo shoot for Max and we've got the wrong room Sige and John the photographer who is the best person the best person in this entire thing by the way um, out of the way Ashton Kutcher John the photographer's here because he introduces himself and then says oh sorry I thought you were which bride and groom oh no it's, this is a wedding photo shoot and uh, and they go oh, sorry better leave go to leave but um, Sige the door's a bit it's a bit jammed it's a bit stuck yeah he's, Triple H has to kind of... The door's a jam-up guy. <laughs> Triple H has put his back into a bit, and they've set this all up, and he opens the door straight into this bride's face. She's just meant to be coming in to get her photos taken. And uh, here comes the best man. So, like, good snap. Good like, snap. Like, on the hell good of snap. a bump. Good snap. And the best man goes, what are you doing, man? You're in the face with a door. Is it bleeding? And then... Already a popper. I, I, we obviously, back, a little bit of backstory to this. I normally find the clip, we'll find their suggestion, then find the clip and send it to the boys. And I send it, and sometimes we just sit there and go, you watched it? Yeah, yeah, sweet. I knew exactly when these two were watching it, exactly when they saw the moment where he goes, I'm going to get Mike. Mike! Huge <laughs> <laughs> bam instantly, instantly in the office. Um, so Triple H, good, good guy. Goes to check on her. The groom arrives. He goes, what on earth is happening? Uh, and... Uh, and uh, he's like, um, um, this, I'm sorry, I was coming out the door. I thought the door was wedged shut, and I was accidentally hit in the face with the door. Um, he's just trying to explain himself. He's very calm, very collected. Best man's there, just just poking the bear. You slammed the door open. <laughs> She's hurt, man. 
He goes, hey, 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 it was an accident. The groom's like, sorry, what happened again? And the best man's like, I'll take it from him. He goes, he snowplowed that door. <laughs> Triple H, the mask slips just for a second. He goes, I'm going to fucking snowplow you in a second. <laughs> so uh, the father of bride arrives. Um, I did like the groom going, get your umbrellas, the storm's coming. <laughs> Another little popper there. Uh, Father of Groom arrives, uh, Father of Bride, sorry, arrives and says, uh, what's going on, what's going on? And Groom goes, I didn't do anything. Human slam dance opens the door. <laughs> Wrecks her nose. Seth Rollins. And the and the, uh, the Father of Bride goes, right, that's it. The wedding's off. And the Groom's like, oh, oh, no, what's going on? Triple H, to be fair to him, says, look, what do you want me to do? Look, I'll, I'll take care of everything. Uh, you know, if she's got if she's got a broken nose, you need that taken care of. Don't worry about it. I'm one of the few guys that's got medical insurance back then. <laughs> yeah. My dad hooked me up. But don't worry, because the star of the show's back. John the photographer's here and he can hear people talking about getting paid. <laughs> and he's like, Hey, uh, I want a piece of that. Uh <laughs> I want to get paid too. He goes, I got uh, if you're not gonna get these photos, I got I got some other gigs I can go to. And Triple H is like, You need to go and sing her, Paul. <laughs> And he goes, she's going, sit in that room, and uh, <laughs> and I'll come talk to you in a bit. Psychopaths love control. Yes. And watching him, like, he's already smashed a door <laughs> in a bride's face, and now the photographer's like, in a, a psychopath is losing control of the situation when typically every single day he gets loads of control, and it's fucking fantastic it's to watch happen. It is <laughs> magic, this. So uh, he goes, just go and sit in that room. John goes, why are you getting in my face? What, are you going to throw a door in my face? <laughs> <laughs> And Triple H just smiles, the, the, uh, uh, a psychopath smile. Go back in the room. John goes back, goes back into the room, and then Kushner, to be fair to him, feels him going, Hey, uh, why don't you do some push ups? <laughs> <laughs> Triple H just gives him a look, and uh, he decides, Right, I, I'm dealing with Hiss out here, and I've got that bell end in the room. I'm just going to shut, shut him in that room, and I'll go in and deal with him, and I'll deal with the bride and groom first. Tries to shut the doors in the room, but they've been wedged open. Best man's back in. Hey, uh, maybe you shouldn't touch any more doors. <laughs> John's You're the original forbidden doors. Yeah, John's back. John's back out, and uh, Triple H says, uh, "Just go back in that room and don't talk." Back in your hall. Bride comes back out. She, uh, she's she's crying. She's all upset, and uh, the bride and groom cry together. Best man's still there trying to poke the bear. Maybe you should uh, stay away from her, huh, Belle? <laughs> Triple H does not like this. John, and then just he gets rid of the best man. John returns. It's like a double team, this. Uh, we maybe should get some photos before that. Her face really swells up. George <laughs> goes, back in your hole. <laughs> he brought his camera. Yeah, he gets the, tri- the tripod. tripod. He brings the tripod and sets it up. Oh. And Triple H now he's ha- he's losing it, but he's he's not shouting. He's the opposite. So he whispers. He says, "You're gonna have to pick that camera out of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get it back in that room, go and do your job in the other room. I am not gonna tell you again." Does the photographer say, "Should I take pictures from there?" Or? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes, and John's not budging. He's, yeah, he's still got the camera. He goes. How expensive is this camera? John has a very expensive camera. Well, I'm about to smash the shit out of it. 
And yeah, this is where he goes, take that camera in there. And he goes, I take pictures from out of here. Huge bap, right? Oh, so then, Triple <laughs> H, he's, oh, he's razor thin. He's going to snap and probably split John in two. Don't say another word. Just don't take any pictures. Just sit there. How long have you been paid for? For it. Go and sit there. You will get paid for this job. <laughs> Go and sit in that room. I am not going to tell you again. And Drew goes, hey, whisper police. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Triple H says, oh, that's one final line. He's like, hey, whisper police. Come on. Triple H is like, Look, do you want this? I can't remember what he says, but I think he's like, Do you want this prick over here taking pictures? And John goes, Do you? <laughs> like that. <laughs> Get out! And then, hey, you've been fucked, you asshole. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. <laughs> Triple H took it well, to be fair to him. But uh, I love this. This is just watching him squirm. Mm. Watching this guy squirm was wonderful because you know what? His favorite thing in life was to watch other people squirm as he read from his own script and somebody else had to read from the script that they were yeah. handed. And he like, used to be Jamaican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're squirming now. And it was only four minutes of my life. It was bliss. It was amazing. It was, it was bliss, wasn't it? this, just watching him, knowing that he's got this facade and he's like, he's just tiptoeing around, like, I could get sued here if it all goes wrong. I'm extremely tense right now. A great premise for. A prank. I love it with you. Hey, pranks. Yeah. I think it's the worst yeah. kind of comedy, except when Triple H is the victim. <laughs> and then it becomes very cathartic indeed. I watch a lot more pranks if whoever played the best man and whoever played John the photographer were in them. Because I, my memory of like pranks or even punked back in the day was like, oh, you crashed my car or whatever. And it's all just a little bit awkward. This was just like brilliant. Like, <laughs> just his like, Gonna smash the shirt. You want to take some more pictures, huh? Why don't you take some do some push-ups, guy? <laughs> Jeremy Beadle and Noel Edmonds, bearded men wearing fake beards as disguises. Well, you never saw <laughs> me traffic warden. Aye, I agree with you on prank like prank You can ban the people and... off. Take the piss out of me all day long. I don't care. I'll find it funny. Don't make people or myself feel like anxious. Yeah. Mm. Like Why does that turn you on? You freak. But do it to Triple H for four and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, actually, Every do it day. longer. <laughs> Uh, as I long really as he stops falling for it, really. He's not a known... I know like I know that if you bump like that again, I'll tag you for real. But he's not a known hard guy. And doesn't, to be fair to him, he doesn't sort of like present himself as one. He's never Are been... Are you f***ing kidding? <laughs> no, no, no. Skulls, motorbikes. No, sorry, like in that in that way that um, like Bob Holly and Bradshaw would have genuinely been the would have won the brawl for all. For yes, example, yes, yes, Triple H yes, was yes. never one of those guys. Okay. And yet... Okay, Jesus. With his big wrestler body. I was going to tag you for real. With his big wrestler body amongst normal people. he can. Cons- and bear in mind, he thinks this is real, right? So he thinks he's, he's shooting, cowboy. For him to say the phrase, put my camera out of your ass. Yeah. What a dickhead. <laughs> like, what an absolute dickhead. Like, he used to have to, like, carry Shawn Michaels out at nightclubs. Like, put the camera down, I'll show it up your ass. <laughs> I don't think you will, pal. You're carrying your mate. Amazing, this. Uh, I used to really like, do you remember the Jamie Kennedy experiment back in the day? Vaguely. Quite, I quite like that. You get next. You just put an X on the people you're getting got. What's that stand for? <laughs> uh, so we need to go to the comments section. I don't even like the pranks in Jackass. Just hurt each other. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> the dirty grandpa was a scape. Yeah. There's something more upfront about just knacking yourself on a skateboard. Yeah. Well, we, need to, we need to organize that date night of the three of us watching the latest Jackass film. We do. Yes. It's yeah. on Netty yet. It's 
it's got to be on. Something. Well, you know, I would like the shaved head one because, like, I don't like situations. I'm not like a very good like lad, lad. So you know, like a stag do, where there's a nervousness of like, say, a pound going in the pint. That's one thing. But then when they run around with a razor and just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Head, it's like you can't just be walking around on it, putting your hand on the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. you can't just be walking around it, trying to yeah. cut your hair, getting clipped, can you? So we go to the comment section. As always, these do not reflect the views myself, the Dadly Boys, or anyone at What Culture Wrestling. Um, it takes a turn. This I got to be honest, and you can probably see where it's going. Well, two seconds. Time. It's time to play the game. Did it, did it, did it. How does it get horny? <laughs> That's the game I want to play. Can we pl- guess? The answer is it? always Wilbon looks for it. Yeah, I know, but well, it's always yeah. there. It's always there. <laughs> so I want to play the game. Earnestly, I want to play. Yeah. How do you get from extremely online and outwardly horny on main YouTube commenter? Gets horny about something that's really not sexual in content whatsoever. Now I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking, what's the what's the theme here? Marriage. Ooh. And who's there? Stephanie. Wait oh, a second. Oh oh. Yay! Oh God, I would marry her. Wait till we get to the. You, you I can't believe how much you've nailed this. Oh, so I was just going to be grosser. Stephanie McMahon, punked, more like spunked, like I just did. Leave comment. Press send. Also, also. Yay! We'll get, we'll get to that in due course. Uh, camera in her ass. <laughs> Put a camera next to her ass, more like. <laughs> Smash me in the face with the door. Yes, please. Like emoji of the spunk. Uh, I want to be the door. <laughs> that? I want to be the fish. I want to be the fish. Oh, God, I wish I was that door I could touch that bride's nose. <laughs> I was looking for that. I got to be honest, it wasn't there. Uh, Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Thunder starts us off. Triple H refused to put the bride over at her own wedding. Classic heel tactic. <laughs> uh, again, another one from my favourite, Sige. Uh, Luis. Uh, is it the funniest thing he's ever seen? No, 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 no. But it is uh, fantasy booking something that just, like, wouldn't it be funny if this happened? No, what happened was funny. <laughs> Imagine you hit her in the face with the door and start singing it's all about the game. <laughs> what? Why would he do that? He's terrified. That's the good bit. Bang. Oh, my game. All about the game as well. <laughs> oh, look, the wedding band's motorhead. Get in here, boys. Uh, Z, see if you reflect this, writes, this show needs to come back. I'm a big fan of punk. I think you've said that. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, Alan agrees with you. He says, nah, early 2000 needs to come back. 2018 is soft as fuck. Well, you've got impractical jokers if you want it. I don't necessarily want it, but you you can have it if you want it. It's still Uh, there. Jackass (laughs) is still doing films. 2018 soft. (laughs) Soft. Give me some 2002 or something. Uh, Triple H used corpses. (laughs) Got a comment here. Uh... From Roman Reigns, who writes, bet the actors were scared as hell to get a pedigree from Triple H. <laughs> like, like you say, he's dealing with a situation where if it goes wrong, he's getting sued. He's getting plastered all over the Triple H ruins wedding. So it's like, the best man's really winding me up. I'm going to shoot pedigree, this brick. Like the idea of the kick first as well. Like, I'm going to stop. The idea of Triple just, like, willingly basing for the move yeah, as well. Like the, the double underhook arms of a photographer. So friggin' see what you see. <laughs> Might do a pedigree. Well, <laughs> yeah. I don't do them, but why would you do it here? Uh, Hogan and Brutus get jumped outside a club, but it's okay because Hogan hits with a leg drop and they're lying on the floor. Well, that's it. Game over. <laughs> uh, 
what year was this? Have you, you I said 04, a uh, guess based on hair and face. You didn't think it was coming, Sage. The bad guy writes, damn, this was back when wrestling was good too. No, it wasn't. No, 2004 is, I think, genuinely the worst year ever. Ooh. There are several contenders <laughs> in my fandom. 2004 had the SmackDown with like Mordecai and Kenzo yeah. Suzuki and the the um, the Concrete Crypt and my God, it had was a nice th- memory at WrestleMania. It wasn't a nice memory a few years later. So that's, yeah, that's finished. <laughs> so you had the worst stuff, yep. like the absolute worst stuff on SmackDown. Raw obviously wasn't much better because Triple H was a massive focal part of it. Just kill them, yet more careers. 2009 was bad. But I love the CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy and nothing 2004 touches then. 1995. I love 94. I love 1996, but 1995 is pretty bad. But I think 2004 is literally the worst year ever. It's up there. Yeah. That one wrestling was good, apparently. Um, Here we are. We've arrived at it, Sige. Hussein writes, Stephanie McMahon. How long is she in this clip for? 10 seconds? Ooh, bless. Mm -hmm. Two seconds, I'll say. Stephanie McMahon. So nice that's all that lasts. <laughs> Stephanie McMahon is the most beautiful girl ever to walk the aisle in dignity. I don't know what that means, but it started off a snowstorm in the comments. That's, see, I, that's worse than someone just saying, I'm got an erection in my cock. Well, you say it's, that. That's like Ric Flair doing another one of those, like, you know when he did, and that's my channel now, says, I'm going to walk that aisle. Dignity. <laughs> Let the idea that they're, like, you're, like putting her on this pedestal, Stephanie McMahon. Well, Brian, you said you should just say the other thing. That's what Brian does. She makes my manhood feel good. <laughs> That's uh, poetry, poetry of the YouTube comments. Do you think that might be for some listeners? I'm not saying all. We've got a very like very smart, um, like conscious bunch of um, followers, and I always love them. Um, you know, you're always going to get a few like newer listeners, mm-hmm. or just some ones who just don't. Get certain things like subtext. He's torn about. He's got a load of blood in his cock. It's <laughs> formed an erection. Uh, well, Big stiffy. The final comment here stiffy. from Superior Superior nine five four um, removes all subtlety. Uh, not afraid of views. Uh, this is getting edited out. No, it's nice. All right, this. I'll be the judge of that. Okay, <laughs> he's not afraid of views. Myself, the Dadly Boys, anyone at what culture wrestling, or in fact Nathan Payne, who suggested this. Four months ago. Oh. I used to have dreams about being with her back in the day. Wet dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I used to dream about Stephanie back in the day and then ejaculate out of my cock. 2018. Whilst I was unconscious. 2018 was soft, but 2013 is still pretty hard. Four months ago. Rock hard. I just love that. Just in case you weren't, <laughs> not just dreams. I, I, I came. <laughs> I came in bed. <laughs> so thanks once again to Nathan Payne. That was a really good, good suggestion. That yeah, Nathan. that was thanks really that. good. Thinking outside of the box. Uh, if you There's always su- people thinking about the box. But they're always, <laughs> yeah. uh, so somebody lets you think outside it. Uh, if you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related, uh, you can do so on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review on there, or you can leave it on Spotify, or leave us a five-star review on Spotify, and then email me your review, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. It's a bit of a challenge for you, this, Wilborn, because we could do, like, our first ever five-star review, review, review. Oh, think outside the box. One of the first ones we ever did, I recall, was Randy Savage in Spider-Man. Was it not? Yes. Like really early days. So is ready. Uh, but back then, there was less of a, 
a race to find wanking comments. Could we go again where you find They could always go again. Sexualized I Spider-Man. Think, I think the penile refractory period for these people <laughs> is genuinely quite brief. Yeah. I think we should. Yeah. yeah. How could you... Oh, I mean, I can think of one, obviously. Make... Spider-Man. Kirsten Dunst, I feel, would get um, yeah. Or there's the, the ring girls in that one, isn't there? So someone would be like, I paused it for three seconds, and you could see cleavage or something. There's always somebody be objectified in a short YouTube video. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we return to uh, Monday Night Raw, uh, and there's loads left. The Miss and Force, have loving it. The Miss Force <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> The Miss Force is laid out. Miss can't believe what he stumbled across. And surprise, surprise, the Edmonton Oilers kit is now full of Dexter Loomis, who smashes a hockey stick. <laughs> what a strange <laughs> sentence. You're weird. <laughs> smashes a hockey stick over Miz's back, puts him to sleep, chokes him out. And apparently, I saw a video of this. Thank you to everyone who tagged us in this on Twitter. Miz is, a man is getting suffocated. And the crowd are going... Oilers, oilers. <laughs> a man is getting suffocated in a camera man just watching. Yeah. Me just watching, probably. Just watching. And, you know, Dexter Loomis, I don't think, works there. If he does work there, this is stupid. Should be suspended. I thought it was all meant to make sense. Now that Vince is gone, bloody makes sense now. No, it doesn't. It's my guilty pleasure. I'm not going to defend this. I, 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 it was my guilty pleasure. I'm now getting increasingly bored of this. I think it's just, ha, you don't like The Miz. So it's fun watching him get choked unconscious and terrorized by this kind of guy who, I can't begin to like this Dexter Loomis guy. I'm not. He's, no. an, he's an arsehole and he's a threat. I cannot stand this. Um, and he sucks in the ring as well. Like, where I'm at with these shows at the moment is, WWE is too good for this. Like, at the moment, I'm finding WWE too good for this crap. This is absolutely what Vincent Mann would have done because in three months... Triple H is a Dexter guy. Well, I know I'm saying in terms of The Miz, right? Because The Miz is this like foolproof Teflon character that they can do whatever they want with and then he's just The Miz again. And like in a year's time, you see, like we're going to be doing a preview where it's like, oh, so-and-so's on Miz TV this week. It's like, remember a year ago when he was being absolutely terrorized by Dexter Loomis week after week after week? That would be a Vince thing, wouldn't it? Like uh, that, none, of that, none of that matters anymore. He's a Miz. He's back. He's fine. Dexter Loomis is working headlocks for the Intercontinental title or whatever. <laughs> It's preposterous. It's preposterous. Like I, like I hope he is with the fiend and his gang of weird, like dark dweebs. I don't think so. Cause this is comedy. This is meant yeah, to be comedy. Like, played for laughs. I'm not laughing at this. This is the most Vince's be- uh, Triple H Vince has been, or whichever way around that is. Not because it's just terrible, but also because constantly it was like audience of one stuff. This has to be the audience of one stuff because Triple H just loves him. Because like. The joke is one thing with everybody at this point, hasn't it? Yeah. I never see there's people on Reddit, but you know, I don't really consider them people, half <laughs> of them. So they sometimes go, oh, this Lex Lumison's great. It's a great, convincing psychopath and a baby face. Just understand wrestling. I'll get better, yeah, get a different hobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, better news came next because uh, Nikki ASH is in the ring to face a mystery opponent, and that is Candice LeRae. She's back. She's making her debut on Mananau Raw. Uh, great to see her back. Uh, she gets a decent reaction from the crowd, although they sort of, it's weird, huge peb, and they sort of died for the 90-second match, and then she got a peb at the end. Because they, these crowds Wait a minute, you're saying that here. <laughs> the WWE crowd went mad for some music and loud music, and then, oh, wrestling, what's this? <laughs> and then it finished. Oh, like, a yeah. finish! Uh, so it's not really weird, is it, mate? 
90 second match. It's, uh, it's regulation. Nikki A.S.H. caught her in the ring skirt at one point. Uh, yeah, this was crap, you know. Even as a squash, this was crap. Candice fought back, backstabber, and hit that swinging neckbreaker of hers. What's it called? Someone's Wild Ride or something, isn't oh, it? I can't remember. Yeah. Some nonsense the about a character that they need to kill dead right now and just get all that pixie nonsense gone. Like, just the release made her a baby it face. It's a PWG queen. thing as well. Was it? All right, I can't follow it then, I suppose. You can. Good. <laughs> Sucks. Regardless, she hit a finisher off the middle rope. One, two, three. Great to see her back. Potentially Nick ASH as well. Upset afterwards, maybe even ditching the whole ASH thing, oh, which yeah, would be good. That would be good because what you should do is um, set standards in place where something that's absolutely irredeemably crap, being slightly less crap, Papa H has done it again. He's the king of wrestling now. Give him all the awards. Why don't you give him... <laughs> 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 right. The tone of this has taken a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Candice LeRae is an incredible talent. Yes. I don't think the vast majority, based on the the in the arena reaction, I don't think the vast majority of fans realize what they could potentially be getting gifted, genuinely, yeah. over the next however many years of, of the run. This was laid out pretty poorly, in my opinion, and detracted from the moment. I'm so happy for Candice LeRae. I'm really optimistic that we can get the best version, but whisper it, Triple H never did an NXT before, very rarely. But... She got, she got murked first off, and she only hit the finish. It's like a desperation counter. It didn't look like a superstar, great worker. It'd come on to get, show the briefest glimpse possible of what she could do. She looked a bit scrappy. I don't think this was a good squash or a good introduction match at all, but my God, am I ecstatic about the introduction. Yeah, this was... I would agree with all of that, and yet by their sort of measures, I would say this was probably like a successful... Baby. Like, this got people... Fizzing online, people were absolutely buzzing. It's like she was like trending, and people were like immediately like talking up Candice LeRae. Clearly, that's more of an online thing for now, based on this one reaction. And to be fair, she was never featured on the main roster. And we used to say this back when NXT was hot that like just because you're calling somebody up, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody knows who they are. Some audience will, but plenty mm-hmm. won't. So they've got that to do still. And as a result, this match was kind of the wrong way, typically the wrong way to go about doing it. However, in the backstage segment, she kind of immediately felt on the level of all the other wrestlers. So I kind of think they were abusing the match a little bit to just use the backstage segment instead to be like, yeah, she's absolutely on their level. And what we do know, Candice LeRae was never... I thought she was tremendous in flashes when they would use her to be... A babyface. A babyface setup person. Like, I I don't think... I would disagree slightly with how Triple H used her. Like, as a heel, yeah, wasted. But in terms of a babyface, she was always great as the nearly nearly woman as a contender for the title against the likes of Shayna Baszler. She was perfect foil for Io Shirai's heel turn in 2019. Like, Mm -hmm. real sympathy there. And as I've put on Twitter, like, Triple H, like, got her super focused and super serious when War Games came around. So the timing of this is no surprise. Like, to get her established now to feature on the babyface side against her... a heel unit you would assume would include damage Kataral seems ideal. Mm-hmm. And like February, she had a baby. Jesus Christ, these women that come back and have babies and work is remarkable. So like to be doing that as well is quite amazing. Uh, no, I read on the internet and uh, she's taken far too long to, to come back. <laughs> Apparently she should have been wrestling in like, I don't know, a week yeah. later. Lazy, if anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. No, but like brilliant. One of my uh, brilliant least favorite things on the internet that have like... Um, Becky Lynch had a baby in uh, in December. Do you reckon she'll be the number 30 entrant in the Rumble? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Idiot Probably blokes not, mate. The watch. I've got my man t-shirt ready. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Seth's come back, so why can't Becky? Well, I think Becky did a little bit more of the work than what Seth did, to be honest, in the last nine months. But anyway, uh, right. Uh, Balor and the Judgment Day are backstage. They say, don't worry, AJ Styles will come around. Um, he's in his match next. And uh, Kevin Patrick uh, says, uh, are you going to be all right against your old friend Riddle, Damien? He goes, I don't know about that. 
I'm going to kill him. <laughs> dumbass. It's a dumbass <laughs> question. Dumbass. Uh, I've got no plans to take it easy on my former friend. Uh, that was the main event. But before that, we got Sami Zayn versus AJ Styles. And uh, I love Sami Zayn at the moment. And uh, AJ Styles, understandably, with the enforcer there at ringside, kept getting distracted. So uh, Zayn got to dominate large parts of this. So you hit a boot, you hit a blue thunderbomb. He got a two count, tried to win by count out because he's a git. He chucked Styles into the ring post and into the timekeeper's area, but Styles made it back in Then started making his comeback, hit a Pele kick uh, to take us to a break. When we come back, Zayn hit an exploder into the turnbuckles, but Styles catches him in a calf crusher, and you think, oh, my God, Sami Zayn's going to submit. He's the honorary use. But he gets to the uh, ropes, <laughs> grabs Styles by the hair, the ref gets in his face, and this distraction allows Solos uh, to slam Styles onto the ring apron. Zayn hits him with a halluva kick. One, two, three. All is good with the bloodline. I really like this because the action stuff, and Zayn's got to like, walk this tightrope. Now that from the old days where he was irritating, like, infiltrator of the bloodline to now obviously being the super sympathetic babyface that you're going to root for through this, he's got to start tweaking his offense slightly to being a babyface, but he's got to wrestle heels. So that's going to be a challenge for him. The action sequences... Looked like the stuff that Sami Zayn and AJ Styles could wrestle in their sleep was still great, and yet I was more a fan of the story-based honorary use stuff than that. So it all worked for me. It all worked for me, including like what I thought was another effective use of a running finish, as we sort of talked about yesterday. Maybe if AJ had accepted the judgment day, blah, 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 he would have had someone there to monitor Solo Sokoa, but he didn't. The bloodline are an all-powerful unit. Solo's an awesome enforcer. A series of really good things in a row, and a solid match as well. Give me the Sami Zayn Solo Sokoa ride-along as well. Like, yeah, right now. All day. I just did not need it to go 20 minutes. Like, I'm not being That's funny. Fair, I'm yeah. not just saying it for the sake of trying to this be This is the most egregious one on the show. And I find think. a criticism because it just often, very often in fact, detracts from character-based storytelling. If you just, and I know why he does it, because he's lazy and he'd rather have the wrestlers do the work of good, really great storytelling, even though some of it's good. The idea is that Sami Zayn's really in over his head. He's not yet discovered being one of the best wrestlers in the world who fights with honor and all the rest of it. He's low on confidence because he's being gaslit. Yeah. That's a trait, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like yeah, you've like got when he's a baby himself. face, yes, work 20-minute matches all the time. The idea that this is just, sometimes it just felt like moves happening kind of on autopilot because, right, that's three hours, lads. You need to go out and do 20 minutes. And it detracted from the character that Sami Zayn is portraying right now, which is a bit of an opportunistic... He's been kind of filled with hot air, but he deep down knows, but he can't. It just it does not be working 20 minute, 20 minute work rate matches in terms of the character he's playing. It just does not work for the story. Uh, so Especially when you look at the finish. Like he needs the help. Does he? Because he was going to all for 20 minutes. Yeah. So post match, uh, Styles still in the ring. Outcome Judgment Day. Uh, they surround the ring, and Balor offers Styles a spot in the Judgment Day. Uh, does the old, rather than a handshake, a too sweet. Styles just. Middle finger right to his face. Uh, so they attack him. They lay him out. And Ripley gets a chair. And she goes to... Well, she puts it around his neck. And they're going to pilmanize his neck. But before Ballot does it, he stops himself. And he says, look, we could have we could have ended you right here. But that's not what friends do. I like that as a, as a little touch. Yeah. it's I was I was kind of a fan of this anyway. Because I think it's just a good use of AJ Styles. Or otherwise, it's kind of meandering. Um, I get why AJ doesn't want to join the Judgment Day because Finn's been saying, like, you know, we were friends on the other side of the world and AJ thought there was only one side, so that's confused him. <laughs> um, but otherwise, the angle, like, the angle development is pretty strong. They're asking you to ask AJ, 
like, what do you feel about this? Which is a far deeper level than you would have previously been asked about this. It would have just been, I mean, well, look at, like, how the Judgment Day came together. Like, we're turning on edge now. We're finished. We won last night. Time to lose three matches in a row. <laughs> like, AJ has a choice to make here, and Finn is giving him one. He's a heel. He's a manipulator. But maybe AJ will think, well, why not? Like, I'm probably better with them after all. If you do join the Judgment Day, get a haircut. Uh, yeah, please. <laughs> he looked, he, like, AJ Styles has never been cool, ever. Which is a weird thing to say. Yeah. (laughs) He looked cool in New Japan. He did. Never looked cool before or after. Never been a cool guy. Just fake it. You've done it before. You've done it before. (laughs) Plus, you're going to be stood next to Dominic, so you're definitely going to look cool in comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the bit where Candice LeRae comes up to uh, Bianca Belair, Asuka and Alexa Bliss in the back, and she says, I hope you shut Bailey up at Extreme Rules. And Bailey and, and their mates are leaving. They've got their suitcases. I'm fighting you now. <laughs> uh, but they all get into each other's faces, and it looks like she's going to face Dakota Kai, which, yes, please. Yeah, cool. Lots of, uh, lots of like, like hot potential combinations from a, a good era of the women's division. Not the best, but the nearly best era of the NXT women's division that were never, ever explored on the main roster. There's, like, so many still to do that were just left for dead. So it's brilliant that you can go back and do them now. Yeah, yeah, really exciting that. Uh, and then we got the main event, Matt Riddle versus Damian Priest. Um, Riddle hits uh, Balor. He's constantly distracted by Judgment Day throughout this match, of course. Balor's there. Uh, Riddle hits Balor with a PK, but that allows Priest to slam him onto the edge of the barricade and to take control uh, as we go into the break. Riddle makes a comeback, springboard dive, knee strike for a two count, but Priest shoves him off the top and he lands right on the barricade again, uh, and he shoved him into it to take us to another break. Uh, when we come back, Riddle hits an avalanche fisherman suplex uh, for a two count. The exchange count as Riddle hits the bro Derek, seemingly out of nowhere for a nice near fall. Riddle goes to the top, but Ripley this time distracts him long enough for Priest to hit a clothesline and a flatliner to get him a near fall. Priest goes for a springboard kick, but Riddle catches him in midair with a knee strike. He gets distracted again, this time by Bala, um, and uh, you've got Priest constantly going for choke slams. This time, he looks like he's got him, but as he lifts him up, Riddle reverses, cradles him, one, two, three. Uh, you barely get a chance to celebrate the victory for Matt Riddle before all of Judgment Day piling and just, just stamp on Matt Riddle. Suddenly, Edge's music hits, and he runs down to the ring. He uh, ducks underneath... Um, one of them, and spears Damian Priest. He stares down Dominic. Ripley pulls Dom out of the ring. Uh, Balor gets a spear in there as well, I think. Um, But he gets a mic to his edge, and he says, you keep trying to finish me, but I keep coming back because I don't quit. Finn Balor, me and you, first time ever, extreme rules, I quit match. Uh, Loved all of this, in spite of a lot of people involved that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, Edge, they played with this expectation where Edge gets, like, shoot injured and has to go away a bit to recover. And, in fact, they, like, subverted that and brought him back in Canada for the biggest possible pop. He's he's getting big pops everywhere anyway, but he's getting a particularly big one in um, Canada. And then they set up a match that you would never would have imagined would have taken place on this card, and it feels like quite a big deal. So, like, I think that's, like, super effective use of Edge that you wouldn't have expected. A nice surprise. And what feels like there's going to be a sort of some sort of conclusive ending now to Edge in the Judgment Day, even though he's left that door open with Dominic because he doesn't want to brutalise the kid who's the kid of his best mate, all that kind of thing. Quite like that. Um, the match was like a pretty strong main event considering like Damien Priest's expectations are probably lower than a, a Matt Riddle, but Riddle's just on fire and Priest has got, if nothing else, a good engine. So I quite, I, I he looked like absolutely goosed at the end and I think that was the measure of a man, his size, keeping up with Riddle. Yeah. So like I, I quite enjoyed the pace with which this was wrestled at. Priest, when he 
needs to, can go. And so I don't want to say he can be carried, but he is sort of that guy sometimes. And Riddle got him there. Like, so a pretty tremendous main event that sort of elevated Priest in defeat. Like, not a bad night for him at all. Uh, and yeah, like the edge return was, was like handled as well as it could and felt like a main event, felt like a big deal. And there's like bolstered Extreme Rules too. So like, like everything really, I think Triple H is doing a good job in the sense that you come away from the majority of these segments and a bunch of little things have been serviced quite well. And this was another case of that. I think this is a great night for Priest. I think this is the best I've ever seen him look. This is I don't know if it's going to be this lasting breakthrough moment, at least in my eyes. But my God, this is the first time I ever really got him. He's never worked like a big man. So he's never projected this sort of like, to use a modern analogy, Lance Archer, when he was at his hottest in AEW, he's never felt like, Jesus Christ, this guy mm. killed people. He's never been at the same time this like super worker. So I don't want to say he's neither Nount nor Summit, but a bit, if mm -hmm. I'm being honest yeah. like that. They did my favourite thing in this match so often that I was just sort of lying back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just really loving it. Just really loving it. You know, at times, that Riddle hadn't ducked. He got his head knocked off. Yes. And I kind of would have wanted to see that as well. Yeah. Knowing what the guy's like. They hit each other hard. Some of those bumps looked so perfectly controlled. Like, in the jagged bits of, like, the back of the thigh. Just really inventive ways to hurt people. That isn't just... A bump off the flat of the back's going to hurt, but you see that all the time. You get completely calloused to mm -hmm. something like that. So you see bumps like that all the time. thought they built the f drama of the finish really well. They protected uh, Priest in a way that wasn't just a DQ. A really nice finish. Um, I will take a wrestling hold, because I grew up on Bret Hart, okay? I will take a wrestling hold winning a match. And just the amount of times where they, if they didn't duck... Their heads would be taken off. They hit each other like mates. They that's, the doing like mates that's, uh, what, that's what wrestlers do when they're mates. Yeah, and if you're a good worker, you just get the hell out of the way. And if you're not a good worker, I don't, I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> if you're not a good worker, you get good enough to work matches like this, quite yeah. frankly. I thought the striking in this match was some of the best striking you'll see in a WWE ring literally all year. So much breathless. Ooh, that's going to hurt. <laughs> I just want to watch people really nearly get hurt because that's what wrestling is to me. And huge pad for Edge as well, obviously. Yeah. I'll give them this. They subverted something very cleverly here in that you thought, all right, that's Edge Dental. What Survivor Series is yeah. the next major one? The idea that it was within weeks and in Canada, they've worked you is what they've done. They've made you think that, all right, this is how the pattern usually goes. And they subverted the pattern to maximize the pep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great ending to uh, It's a really enjoyable episode of Raw. Let us know your thoughts on long. it. On Twitter at <laughs> WhatCultureWW. Well, actually, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWW, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, we'll be back later on today with the NXT preview. Uh, and watch there on iTunes. Why not leave us a five star review? Suggest something short, crap, and wrestling related for us to review instead of something on Raw, just like Nathan Payne did. Thanks once again to you, Nathan. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.